talk to you about another week in the NFL. Uh, there were some uh, big games this week, a lot to talk about in the NFL. Uh, how, what do you think, Blake? Yeah, you know, some big division games, um, a lot of hard hits. It was a really aggressive week of football. You saw a lot of cheap shots, uh, Monday Night Football, Rob Gronkowski. It was an ugly week, and, you know, interesting to see where the NFL comes with this because kind of this whole season, I feel like it's just more and more ugly fights that are breaking out, and uh, it's interesting. Oh, definitely, you're definitely right, and we'll get into that more. But um, I think you want to start our uh, show off with another segment that you did last week, and uh, want to embarrass me with some uh, football numbers. I do, of course. So this is uh, episode 12. So let's just, you know, let's. I, I looked at all the current 12s in the NFL. They're only receivers and quarterbacks. Uh, there are five quarterbacks, a, a list of receivers. Not, oh, no, no, really great receivers that pop off the list, but. Three great quarterbacks, one and two backup quarterbacks. So let's let's start with quarterbacks. What can you think? I would like to say this before. I mean, one of the rules, really, I, I, I don't do research in the 12s before this or anything. This is kind of just my knowledge, and I'm not great with football numbers. <laughs> so I'm going to go with the two obvious ones to me. We're going to go Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, of course. And I'm guessing the third great quarterback you're talking about is Colt McCoy, right? Well, that's that's the backup. Right. But uh, so, I think the Colt, no. I think the, uh, the, the, uh, the injured uh, Colt is the other great. Oh, okay. Andrew Luck. You know, right. you my, know, I, honestly, God, see, Andrew I didn't Luck. know it was Andrew Luck. I didn't know. I, yep. I forgot it was he was 12. I haven't seen him in a while. Is he still playing? Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that, you know, <laughs> another time. Uh, so, yeah, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Colt McCoy. That was mine that I was like, he's got to know this, yeah. you know, backup yeah. <laughs> for the uh, Redskins. And there's one more uh, in Denver. Do you know which one wears uh, 12? Which quarterback? Yeah. Simeon? Nope. Paxton Lynch. Yep, Paxton yep. Lynch, number 12. Now, uh, getting into wide receivers, um, I'm looking at this list. I guess the best one just got back into the NFL last week. Back in the, oh, Josh Gordon? Yep, Josh, Josh Gordon. Gordon number 12? Yeah, number yeah, 12. How did I not forget that out? Uh, for the Cleveland Browns. Um, the next best, in my opinion, you know, L.A. Rams, new wide receiver. Uh, Sammy Watkins? Yep, Sammy, yeah, Watkins, Sammy Watkins, number 12. Uh, Arizona receiver. One of them, uh, not John Brown. It is. John it is John Brown. Is, yeah, I always get them. Him and Jerron. Jerron I get them every both time. Confused. They always just confuse me. I mean, same. Uh, it's crazy. So in Jacksonville, uh, rookie wide receiver. Didi. Yep, Didi Westbrook. Westbrook. Um, Chargers wide receiver. They're number two. Oh, uh, it's Roy Williams. Nope. Not number. Oh, I guess maybe I think he is the number two. I think two. I think Travis Benjamin's more. You didn't know. No, he is the number. He's three. had a really good year. Uh, he's had, he's had a good year. year. But Terrell Williams, I'd go. All right, and I'm just going to go through the rest of these guys because they're a bunch of, you know, Baltimore, Michael Campanaro, uh, Cincinnati, Alex Erickson, who has has an interesting role on the team. Both as a punt returner, guys. Mm -hmm. uh, Uh, Bruce Allington in Houston, Albert Wilson in Kansas City, um, you know, Marcus Wheaton, uh, Chicago now, Bradley Marquez, the Detroit Lions, Kalen Clay with the uh, Carolina Panthers, Chris Godwin with the Buccaneers, Tavares King with the Giants. 
And like we said, John Brown and Sammy Watkins. Seems like there's a lot of speed guys that have oh, yeah. 12. It all seems like they're all speed specialists. I mean, except for Josh Gordon, even though he's fast. But he's, Man, Josh he's an all-around beast. He I can't, like a freak. Geez, he is a freak. And if John Kaiser can figure out how to get him the ball. You know what I thought? All right, before we get into the NFL, yeah. I thought this would be awesome. This is no way this happened. What if, like... The Browns traded him to the Jets, like over the offseason or something. Josh McCallum, Josh Gordon again, That'd if they had Josh. Amazing. Like, that would be awesome. Robbie Anderson, uh, Quincy and Noonwalls coming back. Electric like, offense. That'd be pretty cool. I'm he, just saying. It's just crazy to me how you can spend years away from the NFL. And I'm sure you're, you're still practicing. I understand that. You're but still yeah. working out, but you're not getting game time play. And he just hops in, and, and he looked great. I mean, first play of the game, he caught yeah, the ball. I mean, exactly. it's not like he did anything to make us believe he was rusty. There's nothing there no. to make us believe that. Yeah. So, it was pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. All right. But, that was a fun segment, but let's get into our topics. So, first one of the day. Uh, Seahawks, man. Uh, they've been an up-and-down team this year, but the one thing that's been consistent is Russell Wilson's play. I mean, he's been amazing this year. 3,256 yards uh, passing. 26 TDs, 8 interceptions, QBR of 96.9. He has 432 rushing yards with three touchdowns on the ground. He's leading the Seahawks in pretty much everything offensively. I mean, he's over 80% of their total production on offense. Mm-hmm. If the Seahawks somehow make the playoffs, which they're looking like they are, should Russell Wilson be MVP? I think that even if, you know, you know, it looks like they're on pace right now to get the wild card spot, and we'll see what happens with the Rams in that division. I think even if they, you know, miss the playoffs by a game, he should be their MVP. Yeah. You know, I, I was I was riding the Carson Wentz and Tom Brady train for a while, but but they have players around them. Like, it is just unbelievable to see. And, you know, maybe it just took me to watch Russell Wilson for a full 60 minutes on Sunday Night Football against, you know, a good team in the Eagles, but he is their entire team and the only reason that they are successful. You know, he's the leading rusher by almost, you know, 250 yards. He doubles the closest. Yeah, exactly. So, like, it's, it's unreal how much that he um, – he does for this team you know they're they're banged up you know they got a lot of injuries on the defense you know on the IR Cliff Averill uh you know CJ Procise Malik McDowell their rookie uh, Richard Sherman um Chris Carson Cam Chancellor is out you know missing the rest of the season and you know they just went out and you know they beat the the top team in the NFC um and made it look easy kind of until the second half I think you know if they make the playoffs it's a it's for sure that he's the MVP, in my opinion, at this point. Um, even if they don't, I think he's still got a good chance. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, you look at a lot of the um, articles out there on ESPN and NFL.com, stuff like that, he's listed like number three in all of them. He's still Tom Brady is number one, Carson Wentz is number two. By the very definition, if you're just saying most valuable player, it's the most valuable player in the NFL, right, to the, to the team. Yeah. And Russell Wilson is by far the most valuable player in the NFL right now. Yeah. We've said this before. Without Russell Wilson, this would be a losing team. This would by far be a losing team. We were talking about maybe competing for the number one draft pick instead of maybe competing for a Super Bowl exactly. with Russell Wilson being able to carry him so far. It's kind of depressing what we said with Chris Carson. I mean, Chris Carson's the second leading rusher, and he had, what, two games where he was able to start in the beginning of the year? He only had a couple games. I know that. He wasn't a starter in the beginning. And he's the only one that was averaging over four yards carry. I know that, too. So they've just had a rotating wheel ever since him, and they just can't get it figured out. But the one thing is, when you have Russell Wilson at quarterback, you have a shot to win every game. And it's just like not taking anything away from Tom Brady. And Carson Wentz, even in that loss, he made some throws that were just amazing. Oh. Uh, that one throw where he was going to the ground. I thought he was ground. Ground. Unbelievable. And then he threw another strike that was almost as impressive, where he threw it across his body, across the field, mm-hmm. and hit El Aguilar on a dime. So... I mean, hats off to him, but 
Nobody's playing better right now, in my opinion, than Russell Wilson. I mean, there were some plays where his line just completely fell down. I mean, completely botched everything, and he was just running circles. Yeah. Running circles around some of the best defensive linemen in the NFL. I mean, Fletcher Cox out there. It's yeah. it's ridiculous. So, I, I it, think Russell Wilson's MVP, in my opinion. Yeah, if I was if I was kind of ranking where I think the MVPs right now are, I'd, I'd have Wilson at one. I would put Carson Wentz at two, just because I think that, and then Brady at three. And the reason I'd have Wentz still above Brady is I think that you know I also just think of the system that Bill Belichick runs with the New England Patriots and how that kind of just builds for Tom Brady's success. Um, not not saying anything bad about Tom Brady; he's the greatest quarterback of all time. Yeah. But when you're working in that, you know, he he lucked out in the right situation with Bill he Belichick, did. and it's extended his career so long. It's brought him, you know, all those Super Bowl rings. Um, one of the things that I think is really interesting about Russell Wilson, um, people really doubted his ability coming into the NFL because of him as a running quarterback. And then you look at like another guy like RG3, who was the same deal, came into the league as a you know a two-way player, and you know he's out of the league now. The biggest difference for me is Russell Wilson has the running ability, but approaches every game as a pocket passer. He only runs when he absolutely has to. And RG3 at some times would just be like, up two seconds into the play, I don't see anything. Let's take off and run. He, yeah. you know, he didn't really approach the game as a pocket passer, and so that's where I think Russell Wilson has really dominated uh, his entire career. I mean, yeah, yeah I'm 100 percent on that, brother. Train, train as well. And the thing, he's just such a smart player. I can't remember a time. Oh, his height was another reason why people were doubting him. I'm around six hand foot. size, you yeah, know, stuff size, like that. Stuff like that, intangibles that have nothing to do with him as an actual athlete. Just mm-hmm. his intangibles and stuff like that. So. The thing is, he's just such a smart player. I can't remember a time where Russell Wilson just made an absolutely dumb throw where it wasn't a case of he just didn't see a guy or something like that. Yeah. He's not forcing the ball in double coverage or anything like that. He's just making the right decision, and he knows how to slide. Definitely knows how to get out of bounds, avoid exactly. these major hits. And like he, he has a lot of hits on him and everything, but the level of the hits and the way he takes the hits, it's just a different story because yeah. he's just so elusive, and he knows how to get on the ground and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So. Uh, Pete Carroll really lucked out with having Russell Wilson. Yeah, right. I mean, it's it's crazy to think Matt Flynn was supposed to be the starter at one point exactly. with the Seahawks, and then Russell Wilson led them to the playoffs that year, and they beat the Redskins, of course. But um, yeah. you know, <laughs> uh, Wilson's just such an amazing player, and he's a fun player to watch, hands mm-hmm. down. So I think we'll go on to our next topic. So a lot of teams uh, have really good records in the NFL. One of the teams that not a lot of people ever talk about are the Titans. I think. Uh, they're eight and four right now. They have some talent on both sides of the ball, but nobody really takes them as a serious competitor. Uh, do you take them serious, Blake, or are they just a, a faker? I they're a faker in my opinion. <laughs> they, you know, as a big as a big Colts fan, I get to watch a lot of the AFC South. And so let me let me ask you this question: If Deshaun Watson is in at quarterback for the Texans, Andrew Luck is in at quarterback for the Colts, and the Jags still have this amazing defense that they have. Where would you say the Titans finish in the season? I'd say they'd be about 6-6 six and six right now. That's right. my honest opinion. I, they wouldn't be as good as they are. Yeah, I, I think they'd truly be the worst in that in that division. If Andrew Luck is at quarterback, if Deshaun Watson with that Texans defense, even though they're missing guys too, if, if, if these two teams were healthy, I think they're way better than the Titans. Marcus Mariota, I'm, I'm, I liked him. I was a big Oregon fan when I watched him in college, and I really liked his play, but... You know, on the year, he has just not been impressive really at has. all. You know, know he's got 10 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Um, you know, he's been, you know, moving on the ground. He's got 213 yards on the ground this season, but he really makes terrible decisions with the ball sometimes. I don't understand the coaching staff's uh, mindset in 
running DeMarco Murray through the ground when they have Derrick Henry sitting right behind him, who's averaging over a yard more per carry, um, you know, has, you know, he doesn't get as much in the receiving game, but has an average, uh, higher average in yards per reception. Um, I don't like how the way this team is run. And I think that they've just been lucky with who they've played. So they, they beat Jacksonville early while and they beat them heavily. heavily. They did, but, to 16. but I, I also think that was, that was before, that was before I feel like Jacksonville really got sound on defense and, you know, they're still trying to figure out how to manage Blake Bortles in. Mm-hmm. They got an extremely lucky win against the Seahawks when the Seahawks were playing also down. You know, they almost, they were tied with the Colts at halftime in one game. Um, they beat the Ravens too. They beat the Ravens. Yeah. But I don't think much of the Ravens offense. And so the Titans, the Titans defense is all right. But I mean, like the Texans, the Colts, I mean, you beat the Bengals. You beat, you had to go to the overtime to beat the Browns 12 to nine. You beat the Colts again. You lose to the Dolphins, yeah, the Dolphins and the Texans. The St- so, like, the Texans and Steelers, I mean, 57-14 to 14 and 40-17. to 17 are, I had them down as, in the Dolphins as my three worst losses for the yeah. Titans this year. But the thing is, all right, so I'm just going to go through. But So, Marcus Mariota, he's not having a good season. Like you said, he really isn't having a good season. The numbers say it. Watching him, he doesn't look healthy all the time. No. I mean, his hamstring, I think it was a hamstring injury. Yeah. Yeah, he was, he was struggling in big part of Marcus Mariota's game is his running ability, and that took a lot from him because, like everybody was liking to say last year, that exotic smash-mouth offense where they run the ball a lot and ball control and stuff like that. You just look at a team, they have talent on the Titans. There is talent on the Titans, and I just don't think they're playing up to their ability. I don't think they're a great team. I don't think they are. I think that they could win a playoff game. I don't think they get anywhere past that. I mean, you just, all right, I'm going to go through these. Marcus Mariota, when playing right, above average player. When playing right. He's not playing right. So I'm saying if he could get a hot streak or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Delaney Walker's one of the most underrated players in the NFL, in my opinion. He's a tight end. I think he's a great blocker and a great receiving tight end. I think Corey Davis has potential. He's shown some flashes a little bit. They still have Rashad Matthews who can do decent. And their defense has Darrell Casey, Derek Morgan, Brian Arakbo still. I just think that this team has enough talent to be considered better than what people usually perceive them as. Yeah, and... The only thing I would counter that with is, you know, maybe if they could win a playoff game, I'm still not sure if they're going to make the playoffs. I um, think so. You know, they've their two easiest games that they've got on the rest of their schedule are away. So they have to travel to Arizona. Arizona has been playing a lot much, uh, like, great level of football with Blaine Gabbert the last few weeks. They've played some really teams pretty tough. You know, they played the Rams tough last week, the Jags tough the week before. Then they go play the 49ers, you know, I mean, you love Jimmy Garoppolo, yeah, you're all that, about that, but right. you know, it, it, that still seems to be something that they could win, the yeah, Titans could win, and then they, they finish out the season with the Rams and the Jaguars. I think the Jags being, I think it's just a game behind now, I think the Jags end up winning this division, um, and I think if they don't have the division, it's it could be tough for Titans to make it, and if they have to go on the road um, to play against any playoff team i really don't see it going well for them i mean the thing is i'm not gonna i understand that point everything i'm gonna go to the jaguars for a second the jaguars are a good team on paper and they are they have shown up plenty of times they have they are a good team on paper i feel like they could lose to anybody on a bad day they could lose to anybody in, in what, like a regular season game? Or in a like regular a season game, even in the playoffs. We don't know in the playoffs. When's the last time the Jags have been in the playoffs? It's been a while. I couldn't tell you. That's what I'm saying. This team can lose to different teams. We've seen it before this year. 
but you've seen elite defenses 100%. carry bad offenses to Super Bowl championships. We but we've also seen flukes happen and the team get down and the Jaguars could just lose. I feel like they could just lose if they're from behind. If they have to come from behind, I don't see Blake Bortles coming back and leading a comeback charge anywhere. Now, we've said that before, and you agreed at one point, Blake Bortles oh, hinders this team. Oh, so much. So much. So you don't think that Blake I, Bortles could go out and lose a game for a team? He, But the, they don't let him. That's that's the whole thing with the offensive play calling is that it's, it's literally they're just babying Blake Bortles this entire year. And so they're just, you know, making sure exactly. he's not throwing the ball a lot, um, and they're just running it a lot with Fournette. You're Fournette is, you know, a little injury prone, and mm-hmm. we'll see how that, that's a big part. But I think that they're doing a really nice job of just making sure that Bortles doesn't Bortle. Oh, 100%. <laughs> and that's what I was saying with a team getting behind. Jacksonville Jaguars, they get behind a little bit. I think they could be beat pretty easily. That's my opinion. Yeah. Just because if, if Bortle, if the game rests on Bortles' shoulders, I'm going with the other team. But who's getting ahead of them with that defense? I'm just thinking. I'm thinking it's fun. All right, so this is just something that just came to my mind. And everything. Yeah. The Chargers, uh, the Chiefs, possible teams they could play uh, at some point in the playoffs or something like that. If it comes down to it, like what, what if like a Tyreek Hill or somebody gets behind the defense? Someone gets a speedster gets behind the defense, big play, and then something happens. I mean, I just I just think the Jaguars are they're very beatable. I think they are. I mean, so so. Look at their wins this year, though. You know they 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 beat the Chargers, like you said. They beat the Chargers back um, that was back a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, they, you know, they they have two wins against the Colts. I just throw yeah, that out there that's, again. That's just whatever. They beat the Steelers thirty to nine. Dominated 100%. the Steelers. One hundred percent. Dominated the I think Ravens. They can dominate any team. That's not what I'm saying. I think they can dominate any team, but I think they can lose any team. I think they're very successful. I would never say that about the Patriots or anything like that. I don't think that a bad team could beat the Patriots. So, who do you think would have a better chance in a playoff game? Would you rather take oh, the, the Jaguars? Ti- you take, better, you take the Jaguars I'm compared to the saying, Titans? I'm just saying. Okay. I don't. That's not what I'm saying. All right, that's gotcha. not what okay, I'm saying. I wasn't sure. I'm just saying. I don't think Mark, even though Marcus Mariota has proven actually he can lose a game for a team yeah. because he's thrown a lot of interceptions in games. But if it comes down to it, I'm taking Marcus Mariota over Blake Bortles. Yeah. And I don't know if that was like my original intent, but that's mainly that was when I was thinking in my mind. I want. I just feel like Jacksonville could just lose. I want to pull this up real quick. All right. So, I mean, look, you know. All right. One more thing. Look at the losses are more for the Jaguars are the more telling tent. Look at the teams they've lost to. They lost to the Cardinals with Blaine, with Blaine, uh who I just said is playing just, better. He's playing better. Weeks. You want to say they're playing better, but you think you expect an elite team like the Jaguars not to lose to the Cardinals. That's, a good point. That's what I'm saying. They lost to the Jets, who you wouldn't expect. Once again, playing above ability, but elite teams should be able to beat teams like that mm-hmm. and not lose those games. They lost to the Titans, very single like bad, 37 to 16, and they lost to the. Uh, no, that's a win. So yeah. That's their losses, I think. And am I missing one? The Rams, but that's the Rams. So I'm yeah. not going to count that one. That's a good team. But the other three teams are not teams they should lo- should have lost to, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I don't know. I, I just think, you know, also Blake Bortles, as much as I think he is a detriment to this team, has had a few good games this year against good defenses. You know, I mean, I mean, except for, you know, Pittsburgh. He threw for 95 yards, 57, yeah. but they did win that game. He did game. have a really big game against the Ravens in London. Big game against the Ravens. He had a big game against the Chargers, whose defense has been hot. He put up 275. Um, a good Cleveland defense. I mean, he went all over the Colts last week. 309, yeah. two touchdowns. Um, but I don't know. I just, 
I think I would much rather take the Jags in this division. I don't think the Titans can pull this out. I know we got a little off yeah, topic. Yeah, that was way off We topic. got way into way off Bortles, topic. I'm but sorry. I know I'm glad it got there because I wanted to have this talk about the Jags because I really think that they get slept on because of Blake Bortles. Yep, definitely. So I think we did get off topic there. Yeah. So I think we'll go on to our next topic, which is actually a huge one. So the Steelers-Bengals game had a lot of people talking in the NFL. Also, Gronk's terrible hit on White over the weekend. I mean, they made a lot of people talking, and it gave a real bad look on the NFL. What do you think some of the repercussions from this game, and what, what needs to change because of this? I just think it's so interesting from the entire season, the fights that we've seen. There was the Jalen Ramsey-AJ Green fight. There was Mike, Mike Evans, Evans tearing Marshall apart Marshawn Lattimore from behind. And then this week, Gronk's, Gronk's by far was the worst that I've seen from the NFL Horrible. this season. It's, it's a Absolute terrible horror. play. It's a terrible look for the NFL. And I also think it's terrible that he got one game suspension. More. Need uh, to be more. I was, re- I was listening to uh, Ray Lewis speak today, and you know he was texting other players in the league, and they're mind-blown with the fact that he got one game suspension. Yeah. Um, and, and even earlier in the year, I was kind of shocked. Oh, also there was the Aqib Tlaib-Michael Crabtree fight again. Oh, yeah. So there was that, too. There, it's a really bad look for the NFL. And then when you look at uh, focusing more specifically on the, the Steelers uh, Bengals game this past week, um, I understand, you know, they always go at it like this. They always deliver big hits against it's each other. It, it's a huge rivalry. It's an aggressive football. Um, and specifically I'm talking, I, I want to focus on the Juju Smith Schuster hit that he delivered to, uh, Vontez Perfect, yeah. That was solely based on the fact that Vontez Perfect has done this to the the Steelers all these years. Um, he's delivered a lot of bad hits to Steelers players. You know, the hit on Antonio Brown in the playoffs that yes. was a that was a terrible hit. It was it was horrific. That I was almost as bad as Gronk's hit, in my opinion. Yeah, that yeah, that's terrible. a terrible one. I I just think I I'm tired of seeing players use using the football field to settle personal vendettas. I don't get why, you know, it's such a bad look for the league when just because two people have beef with each other because of what one thing does, it's just going to set up a huge chain reaction. The next time those two teams play, someone on that defense is coming for Smith-Schuster. Like someone is going to lay a big hit on him and it's only going to continue. So I don't know what you can do to stop that from happening, but it just it, it's going to go down a huge line of problems. Yeah, I don't think you can stop from it. It happens in all sports. It really does. I mean, it's just different forms. Look at baseball. Someone gets hit bad, you're, that guy's getting drilled the next time he gets a bat, or a ball's yeah. getting thrown behind him, stuff like that, and it gets escalated. If you look, I'm an Orioles fan. If you look at the Orioles and Boston rivalry in the beginning of the year when Manny Machado hit Dustin mm-hmm. Pedroia, yeah. and unintentionally, it just kept escalating and escalating and escalating, and players were getting ejected. Yeah. And pe- I, it calmed down by the end of the year. But like the thing was, it, it just kept going, and nobody really knew. It's like the players; it, it was just that stigma of this team hurt us. We had to go back out and do something about it. And you, it's it's human nature. It really is. A lot of people they get angry. They want to get revenge. I mean, these aren't robots; these are people. But it just gives a horrible look on the entire league when players go out and intentionally try to hurt for somebody. And football. Is a sport where you're paid to attack other people. You're paid to be physical with other people, and you have that ability. So Schuster's hit. I know it's hard to believe. Maybe he didn't see Burfett. I thought the hit. It was bad hit. It was illegal, hundred percent illegal. That used to be a legal block in the NFL, by the yeah. way. It used to be a legal yeah. block. So I was like, okay, maybe it was a mistake. When he stepped over him and everything. That's crossing the line 100%. Yeah. That is way too much. You cannot do that as an NFL player, especially after just seeing your player ride in shades of the air, get carted off the field on a horrible injury. I mean, it's it, it looks horrible. 
Yeah, I, I guess, like, I understand that this happens in every sport. Yes. You know, you, you see it, you know, in other sports, you know, across the world. I mean, hockey, soccer. Like, yeah, this always sport, happens, I mean, but you're in a sport, like we said. We saw Ryan Chazier get carted off, and I thought at the time, you know, there's a chance that this guy is paralyzed. Yeah, like, 100%. can't move. You're in a Scary. sport where the hits that you deliver have permanent, uh, life-threatening damages to your brain, your head, and your, your spine. Yeah. So there are, I understand, you know, all the fights that happen in baseball, and I understand there are some scary issues. You know, you throw a fastball to the face, yeah, 99 mile stuff like that. Kills yeah, exactly. But but when you're playing a sport like this where you've seen people die of CTE, you see, you know, brains discovered afterwards with CTE, and it's only getting worse, I don't understand how you can physically, you know, lay a hit like that just because of a personal vendetta. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I, I really think that, it, it's going to be interesting throughout the rest of the year. And they've already said in the offseason they're going to look at this rule again. They announced that um, a couple hours ago that the NFL is going to meet and discuss, you know, these hits, these illegal hits, um, if there should be a greater suspension or, you know, a different platform for dealing with hits like these. But I think I, I just don't understand how you can watch your teammate get carted off, think he there's a chance he is paralyzed for the rest of his life, a young star loses his career, something like that. And then you go out and you can cuss another guy because you're you're just mad. Well, I'm gonna go. So afterwards, when Antonio Brown took a huge hit on the touchdown pass later, uh, once again, I mean, he was he wasn't. I don't think he was intentionally aiming for his head and everything. It was a horrible hit. But the guy didn't do anything afterwards to make us believe that he did that on purpose or anything mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster literally stood over Bertha as he was yeah. on the ground in pain. I, it's yeah, just, he did that. Yeah, he, he did that. He knew he was I, doing I that. I mean, that's just... He saw Bertha coming. There was plenty of time. Juju Smith was standing around, saw Bertha moving towards him, and took that as an opportunity to just level him out. And yes, he didn't lead with his head or anything like that. He It was a shoulder hit. It was... A lot of force put in there. There was, was some... there was the jaw. He went up. He was high. He oh was high yeah, on the, I'm saying he didn't lead with his own. Yeah, I mean, like it, it, it was just it was definitely you know an, an illegal hit. I I just don't understand why why players are still putting other players' lives at risk when you know this could have potential mm-hmm. huge ramifications and for the NFL. It's funny. I mean, like even Collinsworth um, mentioned this later in the drive. He hit. A, he did another block, but it was a completely legal block, and it was a hard hit, but it was completely shoulder to shoulder. He did it. Technically sound, so he has that ability to do it, but he just and that guy didn't get stretchered off. No, so he just didn't get stretchered off. He was hit. fine. He got back up. You want and you they wanna, said it was a good block. Yeah, you want to lay a blow to someone and make a you make a point that you're aggressive and you're going out there. Don't make it illegal. Don't put this other person's life in danger. Yeah, I mean it's just it's 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 a touchy subject. Like, where one they, that I don't think has a real one no. set solution. It doesn't. No, it I mean, doesn't. Human nature. At some point, there's a violent sport. Someone's gonna. I mean, they're gonna get hurt. It's just players just got. I think they just have to be smarter and realize what they're doing. I mean, sometimes yeah. they just have. And like once again, I want to go Gronk one more time. I mean, that was just appalling what he did, and the fact that he is only getting one game suspension, giving another guy a concussion when he's clearly that guy didn't even really do anything. He thought he was being a penalty on him. He thought he was making a pass interference or anything like that. It wasn't like the guy was trying to take his head off or anything. He made a good exactly. play. And Gronk goes up and hits the guy out of bounds. I mean, well, he was that's down assault, like outside yeah. of football. That's yeah, a guy. Exactly. It's just terrible. It was an awful. You're a big man too. That's just not he's something that's huge. Tre'Davious White. Tre'Davious White yeah. is like 5'10", mm-hmm. 190 something. Gronk is yeah. six 
five, two yeah. fifty, two seventy five. Mm-hmm. Like that's a huge yeah. difference. This is something that will always, I will always have in the back of my mind that Gronk did something like that. Yeah. That's just something that will just change my perception of a person. Something like that. Definitely. All right. Well, let's go on to the next subject. So get back to more football play. Uh, Alvin Kamara. He's been one of the most explosive ma- uh, playmakers in the NFL this season. Uh, him and Mark Ingram have made a great uh, tandem in the backfield, but a lot of people recently have said that Kamara's not getting the ball enough. Uh, he's averaging over uh, 10.2 yards. He's averaging 10.2 yards of reception. He has over seven yards of carry. Um, what do you think, Blake? Do you think they need to give him the ball more, or is he good where he's at? I like what Sean Payton is doing using him at the rate that he's at. His highest rush total this season came against Buffalo. And that was the most uh, rushing attempts he had, right? Yeah, yeah, 12, 12 rushing attempts. It's the highest. He had 10... Uh, two other weeks in the season, and you know, even his reception high is ten against Miami back in Week Four. Um, I love what they're doing with the entire running game. Sean Payton is brilliant with this. They have their guy that they can rush the ball out of a bunch. Mark Ingram is a physical running back, and I think what what the whole game plan is is let's beat down let's beat down their defense with Mark Ingram rushing the ball a bunch. Beat down their defense, make them tired and then throw Kamara out there for a few plays, they, they're they gassed. They can't catch up to him. He breaks a tackle or two, and then he's breaking off for a huge touchdown run or reception. I love what they're doing. I understand them saying that he should get more touches, um, and maybe that's something that comes later in the playoffs, um, because I do believe the Saints will be there and will be a force in the NFC. Um, I just really think he, him and Mark Ingram are serving a really good complementary roles to each other, and the whole game plan is to to wear the defense down with Ingram, make them tired, and then throw Kamara out there, and guys can't touch him. I mean, the thing is, they can even use him in the beginning, too, because we saw against the Panthers, he had a couple touches in the opening drive and made so many people miss, and he looked he looked pretty uh, pretty average for a couple plays, which is mm-hmm. impressive in itself. And the thing is, Kamara's getting all this production without getting all the carries right now, and that's great for a running back this young. It's just going to extend his career. Exactly. And that's the thing about it. It's... It's so impressive that people are still calling for uh, Kamara to be like the 100% lead back and everything. That's how good he's been. Because Mark Ingram's been really, really good this season, too. It's just Kamara mm-hmm. looks next level good on some of these carries. I mean, mm-hmm. he's just not going down. He's making three or four people missing a play. And that's what people are like looking at. Like, hey, maybe this guy needs to get the ball more. But I agree with you on that. I mean, Mark Ingram's averaging over five. He's 5.1 yards per carry. And he has 922 rushing yards and nine TDs on the season. Mm-hmm. That's, that's great production. I mean, this is... Just a team that's found a formula on the ground, and they should keep sticking to it. Maybe one day, Kamara will be the lead back 100%. He reminds me of Jamal Charles in a lot of ways, in my opinion. Yeah. That's who I compare him to a little bit. I think he's a little bit, uh, maybe a little bit bigger, maybe yeah. a little faster. I don't know yet. But, like, Kamara can lead a team, but it's unnecessary right now, and they need to keep doing what they're doing. I will say, though, I'm, I'm being a critic. Um, because if it was two weeks ago, I would have said something completely different. And I just realized this. When they lost to the Rams, I watched that entire game, and the entire time I was thinking, why aren't they using Kamara more? The only reason for that is because he ran the ball only five times, yeah. had six receptions um, on six t- on only six targets. So I think it's it's interesting because I, I didn't even think about that till looking at it. They didn't use him in their most recent loss, their first loss since week two, and and that entire game, I was thinking to myself because Mark Ingram was not getting it done that game. Yeah, um, Kamara had, you know, he had that one huge run, so he had five rushes for eighty-seven yards. But they kind of got away from him 
to the start the second half, and they did use him in the end of the second half, and he got that touchdown reception in garbage time. But um, it'll be interesting, you know, if they if in this game tomorrow against Atlanta, um, or if they play Atlanta again, the Jets, if if they lose one of these games and he's not being used as much, I might change my my entire mind about that. Oh, right, that's the thing though about having two really good running backs. You have the ability if one guy's just not getting it done that day, the other guy can just take over the load. Mm-hmm. And if he's getting it done, then feed him. You can feed the workhorse, or you can feed the hot back, the hot hand sometimes. And you have that ability with these two running backs. I mean, it's just going from like good to great. I, yeah. I just, yeah. And you're right. Sometimes when you look back and like your great players aren't getting enough touches, it's ironic they're about to play Atlanta and you look at them and Julio Jones, who I think is their best player. Once again, I say it every week every and time. every time that they don't give them the ball enough, it looks like they're not a good team. That's what I'm saying. And like, so Kamara definitely has shown that he has playmaking ability and can be one of the best players on this team. And you're right. And if you look back at losses and they didn't give Kamara enough touches, that's something they need to think of, especially when they start going into the playoffs. And if, Ingram isn't getting it done. Maybe turn completely to Kamara. Mm-hmm. But for now, I think they're doing the right thing. Okay. And on to our next subject, which actually has to do with uh, this as well. Offensive Rookie of the Year. There's a couple good candidates, uh, mainly running backs. Who do you got for uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year? Yeah, I'm still I'm still sticking with Alvin Kamara, and actually my, my fantasy player of the year. Too. Oh, okay, that's great. I'm on a seven game winning so streak. You're biased, and he is, is what you're he's carrying me. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm no, biased on biased, this, but for okay. good reason. I mean. You know, an 81.1 catch percentage. He's got over 1,200 yards for scrimmage, uh, 11 touchdowns. He did have a fumble earlier in the year. Um, he's just electric. I think my favorite play that I've seen all year from him was uh, this past week against Carolina, where he got leveled at the goal line uh, by the Carolina linebacker. I forget who it was. It might have been Davis. But oh, he, got le- he got leveled and he, he kept going. How did he score a touchdown? Bounced back and just dove right over him into the end zone from two yards out. He had a zone, great bro. second effort, and there's just so many great plays. There was, yeah. you know, the touchdown reception against the uh, the Redskins that capped it off, or that tied it and sent it to overtime, I think. Yeah, whatever. I don't know. You know yeah, the Redskins. Actually, you, you keep I've those out of your head. I've actually mentally blocked that game out of my head, so I don't remember what Gotcha. Happened. All right. You know, yeah, and, you know, long run. He's, he's just so electric. He has so many different plays that just – wow me every week and I've loved watching him you know six weeks ago I would have said Kareem Hunt you know Alvin Kamara wasn't getting the ball at at the time they still had Adrian Peterson in New Orleans and and we're still using him and Ingram um more than Kamara but I mean he's been unbelievable and I think if they keep this up being one of the top teams in the NFC and in the NFL he'll be you know not just offensive rookie of the year I think he has a really good shot to be offensive player of the year that's well that's Stuff right there. I mean, seven gonna, seven yards a carry. Oh, I That's crazy. Kamara's an easy choice, great yeah. choice. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> easy, great. I'm I'm gonna stick with Kareem Hunt. I am. I, I even though Kamara could easily win it, I 100. percent I understand if he wins. I want to go over a little bit with Kareem Hunt. He has 930 yards in the season, four TDs. He has 1297 total yards compared to Kamara's 1220. Kamara's getting a lot less uh, a lot less attention carries and stuff like that. I understand that. But you look at it. I mean, Hunt's been the complete workhorse for the Kansas City Chiefs. Look at the second leading back on the Kansas City Chiefs right now in their rushing yards. It's 41 yards. That's here, That's West. Nobody on the running back has more than 41 yards on the, run, the roster for uh, Kansas City. So yeah. Hunt's doing it all, pretty much. And he has 367 receiving yards, two DDs from that. And you think about it at the beginning stretch, he had the crazy stretch, 148, 81, 172, 101, 107. Those were his first five games rushing yards-wise. Yeah, I mean, I have to ask the question, if 
he had had the production he had in the beginning and he had those five numbers over the last five games, would this be a different story? Think? I think it would be a closer race. I, I still, yes, I, it's, it's in people's me- distant memory now. It's in people's. But, but you memory. also have to take with the success of the team. And at the 100%. time, Alex, that entire offense was great. And yeah. so you know the passing game was so much better. So that made it, in my opinion, might have made it a little easier on the running game. Alex Smith had a bad few weeks until this past yeah. week. He had a really good game, but the few weeks before that, when they were all collapsing, you know, Kareem Hunt disappeared, and he still disappeared against the Jets. Um, I just think that a lot of Kareem Hunt's success went with the success of the rest of the offense, whereas Kamara, sometimes he is the success of their offense. 100%. And if you were talking from a talent position, I'd probably, I'm probably picking Kamara. Mm-hmm. And I'm barely picking Hunt. Don't get me yeah, wrong. No, I'm it, barely yeah. picking Hunt. I understand. I just, I, I, like, I just think people have forgotten what he did in the beginning and how impressive it was. Mm-hmm. And maybe he boosted uh, Alex Smith's numbers. We don't know that. Maybe he yeah. was the one that, the catalyst. We don't 100% know. But I just wanted to put Hunt out there because he's definitely had a great rookie season. No matter what people want to say, I mean, he's disappearing a little bit. It's impressive just to get 930 yards as a rookie. Yeah, so And be the bell cow of a, a traditionally running team. So mm-hmm. that's my point. So on to defensive rookie of the year. I think uh, I'm going to go first in this one. Mm-hmm. A lot of people want to pick Marcus Mar- Lattimore, and I 100% understand that. Again, he's a very talented guy. A lot of people like the Kamara-Lattimore uh, thing where both the Saints could win offensive and defensive rookie of the year. Had a great draft class. But I'm going to go with the Watt. I'm going with T.J. Watt. I love what T.J. Watt's done this year. And I'm not just talking about his numbers. He has five sacks, one interception. He just has a great instincts for the game. Obviously, football runs in his blood, and I can see it on the field with him. I think that a uh, huge sack on Brett Hundley late in the game against the Packers that pretty much sealed the win for them, it was such a good play. And it really it, it stuck out in my mind. A lot of made great plays all the season, but if I had to pick one right now, I'd go T.J. Watt. So, yeah, I am going to pick that combination, I guess. And uh, I'm going to go with Marshawn Lattimore from Ohio State. Um, one of my favorite uh, draft picks of this past year. I thought he should have been a top five pick, no doubt. Slipped to 11. I've said that a few times at this point. Um, and I think all the teams that passed on him really regret oh, it. I think that too. You know, he's, he's not just been one of the best rookie cornerbacks in the league. He's been one of the best cornerbacks in the league. Um, you know, the numbers aren't real pretty. He just has two interceptions. Uh, one was a pick six. Um, and you know, I, I, 31 tackles. Um, but, but the reason that those stats aren't so glamorous is that guys just aren't throwing to him. They're not throwing in the direction of him. And, and when you look at the saints, their, their reason for their success is just how quickly that defense is flipped. You know, the offense has always been, um, high octane. They've always had a great offense with Drew Brees and Sean Payton, but the past few years when they would struggle, it's because of their defense, you know, they'd have to win games 52 to 49 um, if they wanted a chance to win. So their defense, you know, really struggled for them. And this year it's been a whole, it's been a complete change. You know, they shut down the Panthers pretty well this past week. I know Lattimore has been a little banged up. Um, it's been held out of the last two games. Um, it's not sure if he'll play tomorrow against the Falcons. Um, I just think, you know, looking at the rest of the defense, um, to T.J. Watt's credit, you know, he has had a great rookie year. He's also on what I think is a really great defense. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, talk about the Saints defense making a big jump. Steelers defense have made a pretty big jump this yeah. year, too, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. I think he's done a big part of that, though. Mm-hmm. And Lattimore's a great player, too. He could easily win this award. He probably will win this award. Yeah. T.J., I just want to put his name once yeah. again. Oh, yeah, no, he definitely deserves the recognition. Um, they both have great It's funny games. that you just mentioned, like, the teams that passed on uh, Lattimore. You think, uh, the, we talked about this before the show. I think uh, the Bengals would like to switch John Ross for uh, of Lattimore course. right now. Yeah, where's John Ross? <laughs> yeah, John Ross was a healthy scratch this week. We don't know. He's still young. Maybe he'll turn everything around. But uh, 
uh, a potential elite cornerback or a speedster wide receiver at his prime? Which even, one do you want? Well, even even before that, uh, a couple picks before the Titans, they took Corey oh, Davis that at was five. Yeah, that was they took five, Corey yeah. Davis at five, and you know Corey Davis has had a few good games, yeah, kind of, like, kind of, but not really. Mike Williams was before. Mike him. Williams went before. And I'll be honest. I mean, even Christian McCaffrey, I don't even. McCaffrey's the Panthers could use a cornerback. You know, a lot of teams missed out on Lattimore, and he had a couple injury concerns. Um, had you know a hamstr- uh, hamstring injury, I remember coming into the draft, and so that might be where he fell a little. But teams made yeah. a big mistake on that. I mean, one. hindsight's twenty twenty, of course. I mean, yeah. So we can't 100% say, well, we weren't in the draft room. We don't know what their mindset was, and they might not have felt a cornerback was needed for the position as the guy they got. But definitely Lattimore, it's looking like he shouldn't have dropped his weapon. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that'll do it for our subjects this week. We'll go into our game picks, and I'm actually excited about it this week because this last week I got my first huge win over Blake. I got a four to one. I went 4-1 and one on our picks, and Blake only went 2-3. and three. I'm catching up real quick. Uh, our record for the season right now, I'm 17-13, Blake is 19-11. I'm only two games behind, and I think Blake's getting a little nervous. He seems to be sweating a little oh, more recently. So. No, no, just making it a little more interesting for everyone who's listening. Okay, okay. So we'll get into our uh, first pick of the week, and we'll start with the toilet bowl pick this week. 49ers versus the Texans. This looks like an interesting game. My boy Jimmy G's in it. What do you think, Blake? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with the 49ers. Um the, the Texans held a, a round with the, the Titans this past week, and I don't really know why. That's also what I don't think of the Titans are that good, <laughs> yeah, I guess. True, that's true. But the But the 49ers, while it wasn't the prettiest win over Chicago, you know, five field goals from Robbie Gold, you know, that's what it took to win. But um, I like how the offense looked. You know, they got guys like, you know, Marquise Goodwin involved, uh, George Kittle. You know, the offense was going against a really tough defense in Jimmy G's first start, and um, the Texans' defense is banged up, so I think it should be maybe even an easier win than they got last week. Jimmy G didn't quite live up to my expectations with the 250 yards and three TDs. No, he did not. But in my mind, he played a great game for what his circumstances and the receivers he was thrown to. I think if we had Pierre Garçon, maybe it was a different story. Maybe he scored a couple. Well, you knew Pierre Garçon. I know Pierre. I I knew that. (laughs) I'm just saying that Pierre Garçon was still on the like active roster right now. Maybe it'd be a different story. Otherwise, you just said those names: George Kittle and Marquise Goodwin. Oh, I'm scared. That's really scary to throw to. His first career interception wasn't even his fault. He threw a dime, and it got just taken away from his receiver. That's true. So I'm I'm still really high on Jimmy G, and I'm going to go with the 49ers this week. I just don't think the Texans have enough players. They have so many injuries on the on everywhere. So yeah, I'm going with the 49ers. On the next game, a really good game this week: um, the Rams versus the Eagles. Eagles just took a huge loss. Rams got a huge win. Who you got this week, Blake? Um, I, I'm taking the Rams. I I really like what I saw Did out you of say them. You're taking the Rams. I'm taking the Rams. I know I I wasn't hot against I I picked the Saints against them. I really thought the Saints would have had it, but it, uh, this this matchup is just so interesting to me that at the end of the rookie year, their rookie years, I'm talking about Wentz and Goff. You would have looked at the matchup this season and been like, oh well, Wentz and the Eagles should clearly get that win over yeah, the Rams. I mean, but- but uh, but they've totally flipped the script this year, and I'm going to go with the Rams. I think that this win, if the Rams were to get this win over the Eagles, it's the biggest confidence boost for Goff in his entire career, and that's why I think Sean McVay is going to come out with their best offensive game plan of the season. Definitely, they want to make a statement. They, they, need to, they need Goff to feel that confidence of, you know, I was picked ahead of this guy, I didn't have the better rookie year, 
but I got the win over him in our second year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it says a lot about the momentum going forward in the postseason. I think they're going to design a game, you know, brilliantly to beat the Eagles. Uh, the thing is, I mean, you, you go back to the rookie year. Golf had a terrible rookie year, obviously, and I'm yeah. going to blame Jeff Fisher for that. Yeah. Wentz had, a, honestly, a middling rookie year. He came out hot, but then he kind of faltered away down the stretch. Just sore arms, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Nobody would think that these two would be playing – Deep, like two of the best quarterbacks in football when it comes to play this year. I know a lot of people still want to say, oh, Sean McVay has completely turned Jared Goff's around. Goff has been playing great. I, mm-hmm. I give him a lot of credit. Wentz has been playing like a top three quarterback. He looks amazing. So I think this matchup is really fun. It's it's a one-two quarterback uh, or draft pick one and two that I'm really looking forward to. Not like Jameis and Mariota. That or never, or uh, luck in RG3. Or we luck, never got right, to see well, that one. Although like, I think we would have known how to win. I don't want to talk. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. All right, but um, they both made the playoffs first year, and RG3 did win the Offensive Rookie of the Year. So sure. I said, all right, get back to the game. I'm going with the Rams as well. I've been a huge supporter of them all this season. I did pick them over the Saints last week, and I believe in them again over the Eagles. So on to the next game, uh, Seahawks versus Jaguars. Seahawks got a huge win um, like over the Eagles, and the Jaguars have been playing up and down a little bit over the last two games. They lost to the Cardinals, and they got a win this last week. Who do you got, Blake? It, it's it's this is just the team that I feel like the Seahawks don't want to face. Um, this Jaguars defense, they're traveling to the East Coast into some warm weather in Jacksonville, and this is a team that will put some pain on Russell Wilson. Like this offensive line is not prepared to face the defensive front of Jacksonville. Jacksonville is going to tear them apart, and if they can put some hits on Wilson, I know the Eagles. Um, the Eagles really didn't, you know, they tried their best to put some pressure on Wilson, got to him a few times too. And Russell and Wilson just made some great plays. I think the Jags are more athletic on defense, um, than the Eagles all around. Yeah. All around. Um, the Seahawks defense still doesn't scare me. I think, you know, the Eagles offense looked really bad last week just because Peterson didn't let Carson Wentz play freely until the second half. And that's when you saw him start to play a little better. Um, I just think the Jags will do a really good job managing the game. You know, Blake Bortles doesn't need to be God. Uh, he looked it against the Colts this past week. He doesn't need to be God for them to win. And as long as the, the cornerbacks, um, Bouye and uh, Ramsey, can stay on their receivers uh, and put some pain on Russell Wilson, I think they're going to get a win that, you know, might shock everyone this week. All right. So the Seahawks' defense is not what it was. It, it really isn't. But their run defense is still really good. I'm going to give them credit for that. And that's mm-hmm. a Jaguar strength, right? That's, yeah. that's what they want to do with the ball. And I would have thought that Fletcher Cox and those boys would have taken down Russell Wilson with that horrible offensive line and also made him look silly a couple, a good amount of the time. Mm-hmm. So if the Eagles line can't get to him, I don't see Jacksonville having that much more success. Watch him go out and get 10 sacks now that I've said that. Yeah. So I, I think this is going to be a really low-scoring affair. I think this is going to be a really low-scoring game. I can see a 12-7 win, type some crazy score like that that looks like a baseball score almost. So I, I'm going to go with the Seahawks in the end. I just think that Russell Wilson's playing so good there right now. And I just see him uh, getting this huge win. It could go either way, though, I'll be honest. On to the next game. Vikings versus the Panthers. Uh, this is another huge matchup in the NFC. Uh, could determine some playoff positioning. Could determine if the Panthers even get in the playoffs. Vikings have been playing better than anybody right now. Who do you got, Blake? The Vikings. Um, you know, Cam Newton had a really tough time against the Saints defense, who was missing their top two cornerbacks. Um, I know I picked the Panthers to come to – to come out over the Saints last week, uh, but you know Cam just—he's hot and cold more often than I can imagine. And against the Vikings defense, which I think is 
top three, top four in the NFL. Um, I think that Cam's going to really struggle against them, seeing how he struggled against the Saints. And on the other side of the ball, you know, Thielen and Diggs didn't have their hottest game against Atlanta. That was a really tough game for them, um, one that they did win. And, uh, you know, McKinnon, Latavius Murray, they both had really good games on the run. And I just don't think that Carolina's defense can keep up with that offense. Yeah, overall, I think the Vikings, are, they're my favorite team in the NFC right now. I love the way they're playing. Casey Keenum is just keeps showing why he's the starting quarterback there. You know, he had a perfect second half, I think, against uh, the mm-hmm. Panthers um, or the Falcons. And, I mean, I used to, like you said, Thielen and Diggs didn't really get involved. They didn't really have to in that game with the game plan they were doing, with Tavius Murray and McKinnon doing it. And when their numbers were called, they still showed up. I mean, Thielen had a couple big catches. Yeah. His stat line wasn't great, but I think that he was still the player that he always was. It's just the game plan kind of get away, got away from him a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I, I think the Vikings are the better team. I thought the Panthers were a little overrated this season. Cam Newton's play is so up and down. So I, I'm going to go with the Vikings, and I'm, I'm decently confident in the pick. Yeah. All right. On the final game, Chiefs versus the Raiders. Who knows who wants to win this division at this point? Who knows who's going to win this game? This is a 50-50 matchup, completely, in my opinion. Uh, Marcus Peters got suspended from the, the Chiefs um, this week. It was an organizational decision. Yeah. Uh, who, do you, who do you got in this game? Uh, I'm going to go with the Raiders. They just seem to be playing better football right now than the Chiefs. The Chiefs have just completely imploded. It, it was the offense for so long, and then last week the, the defense just looked awful against the Jets' offense. And like you said, Marcus Peters is, you know, being suspended after just walking off the field after the game, um, after and after throwing that uh, penalty flag into the stands. Yeah. So, um, you know, Carr looked pretty good, and the, the offense looked pretty good against the Giants last week. Um, without Crabtree and Cooper, I know Crabtree will be back. Cooper's still in, you know, figuring out with the concussion. We'll see about that. Um, the other thing, uh, the Giants beat the Chiefs. And the Raiders pretty soundly beat the Giants. And I think just the way their teams are going right now, they're headed in separate directions. Um, I don't think the Raiders – well, I don't think either end up winning the division. I don't think either are going to win the Is division. Is end a tie? Yeah, a 0-0 tie maybe. I don't know. Uh, I, it's It's got to be the Raiders. They just seem to have the better – all-around team right what? now. What? I don't want to... The Raiders are better. It's just like, it's like a... Maybe this team will win. Maybe this team will show up a little bit. Yeah. I don't expect either of these teams to come out and look dominant or anything. It won't be anything close to what they played the first time where the Chiefs still look like a good team and the Raiders were just trying to claw their way back and they got that last second win with like a million defensive pass interference and holding yeah. calls. Ooh, remember that one? I yep. mean, so I, I hope this game is better than what I'm making it out to be. I hope that it's a clean game and both these teams actually show up and look like they want to play in the playoffs. But uh, like I said, I think it's the Chargers division to lose at this point. Oh, I think they're gonna, they look like the best team. Uh, I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I think Andy, they're playing at Arrowhead, and Andy Reid, he's a really good coach. I, I, maybe he, he gets a game plan to stop Derek Carr and his offense that looks stagnant at times. He starts Marshawn Lynch, who's looked better in recent weeks. I think they have a shot. So I'm going to go with the Chiefs, and that's a very iffy pick compared to my Viking pick. Mm-hmm. And that about wraps it up for this week, guys. Uh, Thanks for listening, as always, and um, we'll catch you next week. Peace out, guys.